Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show coming at you in the middle of summer. We got Combo back from Las Vegas, where he was watching the Summer League, and we're going to get some reporting from that with uh, the, a man on the scene kind of stuff. So makes you hear that. So Combo, as always, being joined today by him, and uh, thanks so much for coming back and, and uh, getting back on the, uh, the live with us. Anytime. Always great talking basketball with you, Coach Nick. Great times at Vegas. Glad to be back. I have to imagine there's no, there was no fear that you were going to end up staying in Vegas uh, after you got there for a couple of days, right? No, nah, no fear of that. But I feel like you know it's not a bad place to be, especially if it's only three or four days. I think like to do the eleven day thing is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've done like four, and I probably wanted to die by the end of that. So I, I hear you. Um, uh, I, I take it, it was really hot there. It was really hot, but I did some walking outside. I thought. That was pretty fun. I know a lot of people wouldn't do that, but I don't mind the heat too much, but it's definitely something that you will feel throughout the course of the day. The gym is always nice and cool, though, which is good. That's right. That's right. All right. So we got to talk Wemby, I guess, is the first thing. Uh, somebody was reporting that there was like a line from 3 a.m. Uh, for the second game uh, to get a seat at Thomas and Mac. You don't think that that was true. Is that right? That's right. But maybe that's because I was in the building early. Could that be why I didn't see the line outside? So... Maybe there was. I didn't see one. I thought everybody who pretty much wanted to see could get one. Um, it, but it definitely, look, in general, Summer League was way more packed than ever before. Because, you you know, there's usually always a lot of empty seats. And when Wemby was playing, you could find a seat eventually. But it was definitely packed like I never saw before. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, well, let's see. When was I there? It wasn't last year, but maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah, there are certain games and certain times when, yeah, it's really hard to find a seat. And man, is that annoying. Uh, and then a lot of times you'll find a seat, but then it's like you're not allowed to sit there because you're not like with a team. Uh, and they'll have these random little pockets where you're like they just have ushers who are being jerks. Um, and in fact, that happened to me, but somebody on the team let me sit there anyway. And it was really nice. Uh, uh, it was Don Nelson's grand, the, the youngest Nelson for the Mavericks. I, you know what? I got to look up his name now. It's been three years since it happened. But thank you to, to, um, to you. Um, it's not Donnie Nelson. It was, it was like Donnie Nelson's son. At any rate, thank you to you for, for how, letting me do that because I can remember now, like, the, the usher was being really mean. There was nowhere to sit, and uh, I, got a, I got a pretty good seat from that. So, uh, nonetheless, I, I, I hear you. It's tough. Um, so, what was it like in Thomas and Mac, the bigger arena, uh, you know, taking in a, a game with Wemby starring. Yeah, I saw both games in its entirety. And to be honest, he doesn't look like a real basketball player. Like it really looks like you're looking, you're looking at a video game. I mean, he's just way taller than everybody on the floor and the fluidity, the fluidity he plays with is just amazing for somebody his size. Even the first game, he didn't play well. He would show some stuff with the handle. He would get up and down the court. He looked like he was lagging a little bit, but He's definitely a player I have never seen before. He's an absolute anomaly. Sure. I mean, I love the left-handed stuff he was doing. And yes. I, I just watched a video today. If you haven't seen the video, you got to go watch it. Um, I, it. It was released a little bit earlier today, maybe if you were at work or at school or whatever. But um, there, there was a left-handed stuff. So, like, he rolls to the basket, takes off from outside the lane, and gets to, like, pretty much the front of the rim with a left-handed scoop and then gets hammered. Uh, then there was a pass lefty that was really subtle. I don't know if anyone really noticed until I showed it with the slow-mo. He got up in the air on a drive in the middle on a nice, you know, dribble combo move. And then um, and then just wrapped the ball around the defender with a left-hand pass. It wasn't exactly on target, but it got there. 
So uh, I'm really, yeah, the skill level off the charts from a guy this tall. We've, I, yeah, there's no, there isn't a comparison. You, you, Sean Bradley was not this talented, uh, this skilled. Um, who else? Uh, KP is not this skilled, although he's, he's he's similar, but there's there's no way. He can't, um, yeah, he can't, he can't handle low like Wemby, you know? Low, yeah. He got all kinds of like junk with his handle. He's, his second jump is really quick with the size. I mean, that's almost an unfair advantage. You know, the thing I noticed is that sometimes his handle isn't actually clean, but his hands, I guess, are so big that it doesn't matter. Like the, 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 the contact is sort of not clean, whatever, but within a quarter of a second, he, his fingers can kind of get around it and get right back in control. So that's never going to be a thing. In fact, there's a nice pull-up he had from mid-ranger on the right elbow, and uh, he kind of did the, – the pickup was not clean, but the ball, the swish was, uh, once he kind of gets the hands – because you see a lot of pros – miss those shots when they don't get the clean clean pickup off the dribble and it happens uh this guy is, is kind of getting messy with it but still has enough to be able to get it and go and, and get it off uh and then and then the fact that no defender is going to bother him uh you know no no contest of a hand is going to get up high enough really uh i would imagine to ever bother his jump shot yeah, it's almost like a gift and a curse because he could get a shot off whenever he wants with the handle and the fluidity into the jump shot but at times you'd like to see him play closer to the rim right and which he did more of that in game two it's interesting yeah because they, they really didn't post him up a lot and so i would imagine that's probably if you know we might not be able to glean a lot from what they're going to run offensively from the summer league in fact game one looked like to me that like they hadn't practiced at all right it looked like they had just shown up in the gym and that might or at least victor maybe that's what happened with him um but they they didn't run him in the post that much i think um he had more posts in the second game to to your point yeah, he um you know, and, and but they can get really creative with that because my favorite part is when they throw him down on the post and he gets it and then he can either kick it or, or hit a cutter and then fly out to the three-point line. We haven't ever had anybody who can do that before, really, and who can do it consistently. So that's going to be exciting because a guy guarding, you know, a low post player after the ball gets released from that area, you know, isn't necessarily going to stick to his man if he's going to go fly out from 25 feet away and, and get a shot. And I got to tell you, Webby's going to get a lot of open ones like that. Yeah, I mean, with all his appearances and obligations he had to get done, I don't think he was playing much basketball, so I don't think there was that much practice with this Spurs summer league team. There's not much practice in on any summer league team, but I think especially with Wemby, with him just running all over the place, taking photos, doing interviews, there wasn't a lot of that beforehand, and it definitely showed in that first game. Yeah, he was kind of running around like, I, I got to screen somebody, but I'm not sure who and where. And, you know, they, they had one move, yeah. one play where they kind of would do a shuffle cut across the lane for him for a low post catch. Uh, my favorite stuff, though, is like two guard front, and he's one of the guards, and they just kind of do a handoff and let him get downhill. It did it a few times. And uh, I, I don't know yeah. how you're going to stop that because it really got to think, figure out who you want to guard him with, what size player. Um, and that's going to be a thing. And by the way, well, yeah, really quickly before we get too far in, in the show, so let's, let's shout out some people in the – in the chat, uh, we got uh, hello Swapnil and hey, what's let the lemons drop? What's going on? Uh, for best friend of the breakdown, Andrew Zhu has a super chat already going ready ready for us. I want to get that up on the screen before it gets too late. And don't forget, if you have a question or a comment or whatever you want to talk about, uh, super chat on YouTube is the way to go. And it really helps us keep this uh, show uh, and the lights on. So thank you so much, and Andrew, always great to see you. And here's what he says, and so so generous. Thank you very much. Uh, he says, and uh, unpopular opinion, Scoot will be the best player in this draft class. That is an unpopular opinion. Um, did you see Scoot play? I did, and he's really great. Like the competitiveness he plays with on both sides of the floor. 
he's not only super athletic, he's more polished than I even thought. I mean, I watched a good amount of him before this summer league, but you know, he really plays pick and roll. Well, he could get you on his hip. He can make decisions. And then that on, on top of the athleticism, he has a chance to be a generational player as well to Andrew's point. Do I think he'll be as good as Wemby? No, I don't, but I think he could be the other generational player in this draft. Wow. Yeah. I, I saw a couple highlights. I got to dig in deeper to that. I was too busy with, uh, with Wembenyama, but um, I mean, there's, it's the shoulders, right? The shoulders and, and his physique, he's so strong so explosive did you tell me about his jump shot what did you see from his jump shot yeah it didn't look too bad i think when he gets to a point he was making a few of them in the mid-range and i've seen him shoot well before it's not a finished product but when i think he gets to a point where he'll make you pay for going under it's curtains for the league in my opinion i'm going to call up his stats real quick from last year uh he shot yeah 27 percent and he didn't take too many so he was you know attacking the, the basket in the in the g league so, um, yeah, that's going to be a big one because guys like that, um, you know, you could get give him some space, then dare him to shoot it and take away angles for the drives could become a thing until he can get a little bit more proficient from back there. Yeah, look, and to your point about the frame, you always worry about like an under 6'3 guard in defense in the modern NBA. But this guy is built like a football player, so I don't think he's going to have any problems on the defensive side. And I did see a little bit of improvement on his jump shot from summer league, from what I was seeing in the G league. And even in the G league, he, he would knock down a shot. It's not like he didn't shoot it like Ben Simmons, like yeah. he would shoot the basketball and he's a willing shooter. And it looked pretty good. The game I saw, you know, he got injured early, so he didn't get to play a lot, but that first game he knocked down some shots. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see him and, and see how that plays out because um, you know, no doubt he's going to get, um, you know, plenty of opportunities and, uh, to develop on the fly and that's going to be exciting um you know for for, for all everybody there to to watch uh brandon miller caught my eye though uh you know i feel like there was a little bit of backlash maybe maybe his second game wasn't as good as what i saw against Wimanyama, but um very polished player jump shot looks great um he's got great size uh you know in that glenn rice mold right you know uh in that uh, in a way that um, maybe he even reminded me a little bit of that but uh but glenn rice never actually dribbled the ball that well and could put the ball down uh miller certainly can uh what did you think about him yeah the game i saw he struggled but i always been a big brandon miller guy um, his favorite player is paul george and i definitely see some of that there um look like he was like number 20 on a lot of boards before the season and i didn't understand it from what i was seeing from his high school tape then, you know, I was one of the first ones to say that I think he should be in the mix for the number two pick when that sounded a little bit crazy. And he ended up being the number two pick. I mean, he's six, eight, six, nine, three level score, solid passer and a good athlete. So how could you really go wrong with a player like that? And I thought he was a better fit next to LaMelo. And I thought when it came to best player available, he was close enough with Scoot to make that call. And the Hornets did make that call. Uh, for sure. Absolutely. I think, I think, I think this was a good pick for them. I, I, I'm, you know, I, obviously all these rookies are going to have ups and downs. I say that in the, in the video about Wemby as well. And we you have to remember the dude's 19 years old and hasn't had a lot of experience anywhere playing, uh, you know, unlike like Luca, for instance, comes in the league at 19, but he had already played Euro league was MVP of Euro league in a way that like he was a hardened veteran. Wemby is definitely not that and uh, is going to find some issues. You know, I, I showed in the video, they, they have him screening the ball so much. And it makes me really nervous because when you're screening guards uh, that are 6'6", 2'6", their butt is at your knee, at his knee. And uh, we saw the knee get bent in a, in a not a great angle on one of them as he got too wide on his feet. 
And uh, I would probably prefer more slipping that screen or, or just less screens and let him find some space in other ways with handoffs um, and pin downs to get open that way because uh, I don't know. I just feel like uh, until he can get a little bit stronger in the base, uh, you're, you're risking a lot of uh, an injury potential. Yeah, I mean, when a guy's 7'5", that's always a concern, right, Coach Nick? But I did see him always working on his body. It was kind of weird. He's a very interesting character. Like, he's doing activation drills in the middle of the game. Whenever he gets off the bench, he brings a coach in and does some more activation stuff. It feels like he's always working on himself in a really unique and interesting way. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, hopefully I'm going to hopefully get a chance to go see a workout uh, with him this summer before uh, the season starts. Because I'm, I'm dying to see what they're doing with him because, again um, – the, the skill level he has um, is already. If he wasn't seven four if he, or seven five, if he was six seven, it would be amazing. Like really, really good, yeah, good yeah. solid for that age. And uh, I, I definitely want to find out what they're doing. He gave us a one legged three at the very end of the game. One. I loved it. I loved it. It was in a close game too. You know, I love the one legged three. I've posted them on social. You actually posted yours on social lately. Great energy transfer. No hitch in that jump shot, coach. Nobody oh yeah, knows. and it just it's just I don't have to even you know I just barely have to flick it and it gets right to the rim. And yeah. uh, I'm telling you, it's gonna be the th- it's gonna be a thing, and probably Wemby's gonna bring it. Uh, if if anybody is going to, he'll shoot more than you know. Hopefully, he'll shoot you know, one every other game or whatever it is and get it, make it more commonplace. And other guys are going to find out how, how easy that shot is, especially from 25, uh, which is a long distance. I mean, the one I made, and by the way, I think it was like the second one I took. I, I it wasn't the first, but it, I didn't have to do too, too many to film to get it to go in, but um, I, I did it, you know, the 199. So, uh, but I got to start getting farther back too, because it isn't that much harder once you, you get going downhill. Uh, we have another super chat. Let's get to that one. James Connor, thank you so much. Extremely generous. Thank you, thank you, James or Jamie. I think it's probably James. Uh, how can Harden average almost a rare twenty and ten for two consecutive seasons, which makes him responsible for a minimum of forty points? And a general na- narrative around his name is that he is washed up. That's a good question. You want to you want to answer this one? I don't hear people saying he's washed up. Really? Do you, Coach Nick? The only thing I hear is people think that he's slower. He's not as explosive as he used to. I mean, that that is the truth. He's a different player. He's more of a point guard now. The feet don't move quite as quick, but he makes the right pass often. He plays more of a point guard role now, floor general, not an ISO score with this whole analytic system built around you when it came to Maury Ball. He's kind of in a different system now with Joel playing in the mid post, but I don't think he's washed up at all. He's definitely different and not as fast and not as explosive, but I wouldn't say he's washed up. And if Jamie, if Jamie or Jamie, what, what are we going I'm here? with Jamie, but it could be Jamie. Okay. Well, Jamie, if you hear somebody say he's washed up, tell them Combo said they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, go watch the video I just did on him. Um, is, is James Harden even worth it? You released it on the 5th last week and um i i broke down exactly what's going on and you know part of the reason why he got a lot of crap is for you know he didn't he didn't show up in game six and seven quote unquote when in reality like the low field goal attempts were primarily because the defense is loading up on him every chance he got the ball and tried to drive so he made the right play and he he opened up a lot of shots for a lot of his teammates they didn't hit very many of them um and that was that was it but other than that i mean he he runs the offense as well as any guard you're going to find yes um you know and 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 can and he will still iso and still be able to create shots on his own as well you know it's interesting because like does he fit in well with with Embiid, for instance i mean i always felt like he should have gone to milwaukee instead of um brooklyn in the beginning a couple of years ago for some reason in my mind's eye he fits a lot better with a Giannis than he does with Embiid. Um, and probably for a lot of reasons, even personality wise. So, 
Um, it, I don't know what's going to happen. It's been really quiet. It's been amazing. You would have thought maybe they would have had a deal going for him already with him already. But uh, so far, no dominoes have fallen. I see what you're saying because I think Embiid and Harden both need the basketball. And even though Giannis is not a role player, he plays around a star player really well. Like he doesn't need the basketball. He'll get the garbage baskets. He'll score on his own in transition. It's not like an Embiid who's sizing up the defense in the mid post while Harden has to continually size up the defense outside on the three-point area. So, yeah, I do think that's a better fit for sure. Yeah. I mean, and if you throw it to Embiid, you're not going to see it back. You're just going to stand there and watch. Uh, and I listen, you can't blame him. He scores on almost all those possessions when they do that. So that's that's OK. But if you know, if you're another superstar looking for rhythm and touches and whatever, and it's that in the play call goes to him, forget about it. You're going to be, you know, get a little bit of a break. And perhaps uh, Harden doesn't mind that either. But it will uh, it will affect those numbers that people want to point to, you know, off the bat. Uh, you know, as evidence of like some washed up notion or whatever, but it really is just the function of the team. Um, we have another super chat here. Let's get to, uh, and thank you again, Jamie, Jamie, uh, Alan, Alan Tran. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, here's his good question or the, the comment is Wemby is better as an ISO post-up guy, less pick and rolls pops, more feeds in the post and fast breaks. Tim and Robinson are the perfect mentors. Um, you know, I'm not so sure, um, ISO post-up guy, I don't think is really where I, I see him either, uh, you know, honestly. The post-up is e – it's easy to knock him off of his position with a little bit of an arm bar to the waist. And uh, certainly leverage-wise, guys who are shorter than him can kind of get underneath a little bit more and cause some uh, imbalances. So I'm not sure, sure I would want to see him ISO post-up right now. Short of like face-up, you know, ISOs in the mid-post, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think the ISO post-up game is part of the modern NBA anymore. Um, I don't think that's really the way the game is played. But I would say, you know, you were talking about him getting downhill. I think it would benefit him if there's a way he could get downhill and turn his back at times and maybe get to that jump hook and work on those kind of movements because I think he could be dominant in that regard. Well, here's the funny thing. You know who we should study then? He should study oh. Brunson. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Brunson, arguably the best post-up post player we have in the NBA, and he's not even six feet tall, probably. And Right, uh, and it's not like somebody's throwing down an entry pass. He's no. Initiating he turns the his into yeah. post-ups, and I think yeah. that that's a great way to, to, to view that as well. So I love that. Maybe we can even do a video where we can kind of mesh those two things together, and then we got to get a picture of, of uh, Wemby next to Jalen Brunson because that would be insane. Uh, as the, a lot of those pictures coming out of Summer League were, right? It was just... It was just it's insane because you know those guys are 6'2", 6'3", and they look like a little kid next to him. It was, you know, it, there's one where he's trying to shake the referee's hand, and it was like he's literally looking down like the kid is a five-year-old. It's crazy. Um, yeah, all eyes are on Wemby, and it's not only his game. It's just the way he looks. He just sticks out like a sore thumb, man. He's just so much taller than everybody else on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. But he, but again, the movement pattern and the and the movement, uh, the the mic, the mechanics are very, very sound uh, in a way that uh, if he can just fix the the getting bent over too much and the nose go in front of the toes, which is a you know a, a young player's issue, usually that gets ironed out before they get to the NBA. But um, you know, especially the guy that tall, when he bends over the ninety degrees almost on the dribble, that that he's just he's, his head pulls him down um and somebody had once told me who's a uh, uh, biomechanics guy that when you get your nose in front of your toes it's that your, your head is the equivalent of like 30 pound weight pulling you forward down to the ground which is why it's so important to have you know uh, flexible hips and keep that nose behind your toes so you can keep your on your feet 
because clearly the issue we're going to see is him falling a lot. He fell a lot on the ground. A couple times were pretty, you know, heavy crashes. Um, I detected a few times where he ro- almost just about rolled his ankle um, a few times. And uh, that's another issue that, you know, obviously we're going to be scared about with a feet that big. Um, and, you know, they got to got to clean a lot of that stuff up. Yeah. And as a shooter, you always want to have great posture um, because you don't want to have to move the basketball around your body as a ball handler. You always want great posture so you could, you know, see the floor and be balanced and get into your shot when you want. So you're absolutely right. It's always hips down, chest up for me. So, yeah, I yeah. love that. And, you know, and, and, you know, his ceiling is like in the KD mold as far as I can, as far as I feel in terms of how he's going to attack. They did let him get a couple ball screens. That was exciting. But we, I want to see more of that because, again, that makes it very difficult to figure out how the heck you want to guard him. And the, on, the, on the defensive end, though, he plays like a guard. He navigates around screens, and he's quick, and he can move. So what I found fascinating is they started the game against Portland, I believe it was, or it could have been Charlotte, where he's guarding like a forward out of the corner. They do a handoff, and he switches onto the guard. Then they screen, which is a very normal you know, action in every, on every NBA team's offense. And now he switches onto the center. So it's almost like it completely stymied the entire possession. They could not find any way to get an advantage. Uh, and that's the thing that's going to give them a huge advantage. And the only question here is whether or not they want to, you know, put a traditional center next to him or not. I suppose, I don't know, do we have a sense of what that's going to look like when they get to the regular season? Yeah, I don't know what Pop's exactly going to do, but I would say also, like, I think the thing that'll be different between him and KD or him and anybody else, he's probably going to be the most elite guy at picking up the garbage than ever before because of his size and his second jump. I think he's actually going to be a better rebounder than KD because of the length and the, his ability on that second jump. So, And, and they signed Pirtle, or, or no, the, oh, the Raptors kept him. I thought, for some reason, I thought I read that they signed, uh, the Spurs signed Pirtle. So the question here is, like, do they have a, another center they didn't want to start alongside him? Um, you know, I, I would probably think that maybe Pop, they would, and then go to the five-man lineup or go to the, uh, him at center, uh, you know, often. Uh, and, and really cause problems because obviously that's where he can cause the most issues because the other team's really going to have to figure that out because you can't, you know, you can't really go small uh, against him, right? I mean, you could try that and that might end, but, you know, in theory, he'll then he'll bring those guys down though and he should be able to find somewhat some success, even though he tried posting up Brandon Miller, for instance, did not go very well uh, on one of those posts up. So, you know, but part of to me is that, he needs to develop as skilled as he is in the perimeter facing the basket. Um, you know, that one, he just tried to bully the, the guy down low. That's not post up. I want to see some clever footwork, some shot fakes some spins, some of those kind of things. He did have one though. off, of, off of, uh, that was, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. He showed a lot of patience in the post on that shot. That was the second game. Yeah. Was that patience more than three seconds? <laughs> well, I heard that if you're, I mean, you're more familiar with the rules than me, but I heard that if you're making your way towards the rim and then you shoot it, it's not three seconds. You have to pass it out first, right? I was talking to Chip about that because it, it, to me, I always thought it was like on the shot release is when the three seconds stops being counted. But he indicated to me, I got to go through that text again, that there is some notion that it's as you begin the move uh, up, yeah. uh, that's three. And then, you know, let's just say you kind of begin the move, start going, then you, then you bring it back down and you shot fake, you don't shoot it. And then there, there's the three seconds. And it might have been five seconds, but they gave you the opportunity to get that shot off. Didn't come, and then they call it. 
like a delayed you know penalty in football or something. So I, I, you're right. I think it has something to do with like going up into it, but it was close. Nonetheless, it was patient, and I'd like to see him what he did. And plus, it just the move itself as he spun back around like an, on the an up and under step through spin, uh, beautiful touch. Um, you know, didn't shoot that from that close uh, off the glass. So uh, really, just an impressive kid all around. You know, he even had another one, an and one lefty um finish that was just another amazing one in in uh, transition the rim runs are going to be fascinating because I, as i pointed out in the video you know the, the the guy that's back as a safety in the offense is generally a guard so if he leaks out or he gets out quickly it's going to be a little guard who has to pick him up and stop him and, and, and on a rim run you, you don't have to even get accurate with your pass just throw it anywhere in the general vicinity he's going to grab it and dunk it he has two apparent weaknesses, and I don't know if you see more coaching. I guess you talked about it a little bit here on this show already, but, you know, it's obviously the strength and it's the shooting. And outside of that, I mean, he's pretty well-rounded. So he's 19 years old. He's going to get stronger, and he shows good touch. So I think he'll become a better shooter. There's some things on the free throw line I like to see him do differently. He doesn't really load the wrist on the free throw line. I like to see him do that, but he has really nice touch, and he, the guy is going to get stronger. He, I mean, he's 19, as I said, yeah. so – He's going to be, um, I think, a general player, a generational player, in my opinion. I, I agree. And I, so I think the thing with the issue with the um, the three-point shooting, because the form looks really, really good, um, rarely do you see a guy above seven feet shoot with a lot of arc. Yeah. This guy, he's hitting 50 degrees easy on some of these shots. Um, and he actually, he has a bit of a soft touch. He missed one. I think he airballed one. He was way up on another because of that first game, and he just didn't look, like, calibrated. But uh, another one where he missed it, hit the front of the rim real soft, hit the backboard, stayed near the near the, the rim. But um, I, I think he's going to have to lower that. I think it's too high for right now. I think you can't – it's not easy to be consistent at 50, 51. You got to get – for him, I think it needs to be closer to 42, 43. Uh, I'll take 45. So that uh, shouldn't be too hard of a calibration. He seems skilled enough where he could be able to adjust that by one or two degrees. Um, that's a sign of a good shooter when they can do that. So I think he'd get more control, and there's no reason to have it shoot at that much higher anyway. His his release point is higher than anyone's going to be able to get to uh, on a contest. So uh, I think that's going to be another big one for him too. So I would expect that to eventually uh, air itself out. They'll probably have more um, you know uh, data as he's shooting, and they'll they'll start to realize that the ones that go in, I think, will be lower. Um, or at the very least, they'll just say, listen, you're, you're consistently at 50, 51 degrees on the arc, and it's just too high. You're shooting under 30%, which is what he's seen for, the, for most of his career so far. Uh, Andrew Zhu, another super chat. Thank you so much, Andrew. Uh, impressive second-year summer league players. Jabari Smith looked impressive. Uh, go ahead. What, who else did you see that for second-year players uh, combo? No, that's it. That's the name. From what I saw, he was MVP of summer league. I haven't seen a player improve from one summer to another, quite like Jabari, the confidence, the handle, the creation. We even saw Point Jabari. Kudos to him. From what I saw in Summer League, and I know I was only there three days, he was MVP of Summer League. He was absolutely outstanding. All right. Um, you know, I saw James Wiseman was playing. Um, yeah. Look at his numbers here. I'm trying to find them real quick. Did you see Did you see the Pistons play? Yeah, I mean, James Wiseman has great tools the thing when it comes to him is is like how is he going to play in a team construct because i feel like at times he doesn't really play with his teammates and ivy was actually doing that a little bit as well i think both they actually got a win without those two today and i thought the vibes and the flow was better i mean ivy and him are talented they're less talented without them too but 
Uh, it was nice to see Asar get some more reps and some of the other younger players get some more reps. I feel like those two have to do a better job of playing with their teammates. Okay. Uh, it's good, good, good. Well, you know, tell us a bit more about Summer League. What Any other things interesting that happened to you while you were there? I mean, I went to a bunch of events. I recorded two podcasts. I saw a lot of friends of the breakdown, friends of Combo's Court, old friends, made some new friends. So Summer League is always a good vibe. Um, awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I love being able to just kind of bounce back and forth. You see people, you talk to people. It's a great networking opportunity. Um, you know, you never know who you're going to run into on the concourse, uh, basketball wise too, you know, uh, players, coaches, GMs, the whole thing, they're, they're around, yeah. and, you know, if you, if you have enough gumption, you can, uh, you, you can even have a conversation, uh, with whoever might walk by. Yeah. Um, Andrew, Andrew is just, you know, he's all about the vibes today, man. Thank you so much. You have another super chat. Really, really, I can't believe how generous you are tonight. Uh, USA going to have to play a Wemby Gobert pairing. Uh, yeah, that, that would be interesting, uh, to see, uh, if they play together. <laughs> can you, can you imagine that? USA? Oh, okay. Against France. I see what yeah. he's saying. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that would be interesting. I wonder how that offense will look. I guess they fit pretty well, right? I mean, um, right, because Wemby play, will really then play away from the basket, which he can do. Um, you know, the real key here is if he can just get a little bit better on the on the three-point shooting to cause more um, uh, spacing, then they should be in good shape. And and I, I just it feels like he will. I mean, the one thing you can count on um, from NBA players as they uh, age is that the three-point shooting tends to go up. They get better at it. They get more comfortable. They figure it out more. So um, that's, that's, that's going to be a big one for him. And I think that once he can – he, at least he comfortably plays out there that way, and he can drive and he can he catch the ball on the wing. Uh, I don't I don't see an issue. Uh, and then yeah, I don't know how you're, you're not going to score. How are you going to score near the rim? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, def I, you're definitely going to have to beat them from outside. I would say, but I mean, that doesn't guarantee anything for France, right? I'm just them having those two. Um, yeah, we'll see what develops. It'll definitely be interesting because Wemby's even taller than Gobert. So, we'll oh, see. I know crazy yeah. I, you know and it's funny i was i was uh watching aaron holiday work out yeah the other day uh we're the same height and i really? even said how how do you even get your shot off how do you get you know because i i i played a little bit uh against guys like that like in the summers in college against the you know the wisconsin team and like you know i would rarely venture into the lane because of that i'm i was gonna stay outside uh he insisted he could see the rim a lot of the time but i was like okay because it seems like you're you're letting it go and the guy's hands up like you don't even, you don't know where the rim is i mean you know where the rim is but you can't see it um but it's always been really impressive for those guys at that height uh to be able to do that lowry is another one who comes to mind who can do that um but i gotta tell you it was a real pleasure watching like an elite shooter uh which he is uh just you know run through his his you know shooting drill uh it was really impressive Three holidays in the NBA. That's impressive in its own right, you know? Oh, yeah. How, how many How many families have three brothers in the league? How often has that happened? That's a really good question. I don't know if anybody else has done that. And yeah. certainly – and plus, oh, 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 obviously um, Giannis, right? When uh, the, the younger – Who's the third, though? Yeah, he plays the two-way for the Lakers. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Kind of, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and Aaron deserves a, a shot. I hope he can kind of find a more of a solidified uh, rotation into going into this year because he's good. It's funny. It's always that kind of guard who teams will dismiss and don't think that they can do much and always try to replace. And then, and then you realize, you know what? This kid can make a lot of plays. Uh, Seth Curry is like that. Um, you remember Armstrong? Um, I'm forgetting what Armstrong. Yeah, Daryl. 
Daryl Armstrong, his whole career was like that. He, you know, the beginning they wouldn't play and they have somebody else who's bigger and better or whatever. And then he comes in, you know, a quarter way through the season and just kills everybody and then ends up being the starter and plays all the minutes. But like it just every year he go through that seemed like where they, they, they never wanted to commit to him. And uh, and those guys can still have a really big impact. Uh, as we see, like, you know, uh, I think that what Seth got signed by the Mavericks again, they, they realized, you know what, we need him back because he did really a lot of good stuff for us when he was there. Didn't Isaiah, didn't Isaiah Thomas almost win an MVP like that? I'm talking about Celtics Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you mean Pistons Isaiah Thomas? No, no. Oh, Celtics Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. P- right. oh, no, no, Pistons Isaiah Thomas is a whole different level. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking yeah, about He was Celt- in the MVP conversation. Too. Yeah, 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 no, Celtics, um, Celtics. Yeah, and I will give Isaiah. He's a legit like 6'2", probably. No, 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 wait. Which Isaiah are you talking about? I'm sorry. The original Isaiah Thomas. Yes, yes, yes. No, yes, he's yeah. But the, yeah, no, I, I listen. I, the uh, the newer Isaiah Thomas, like I'm taller than him. I, I didn't. I have an interview with that's him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In fact, yeah. I, I think I even said like, here's the one NBA player I could post up, and he was like, yeah, you couldn't post me up. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so at any rate, I, I wouldn't want to know what happens because you know, you know what happens. It's those small guards when you try and post them up, they get they're like wildcats down there. It's like you know, like they will not want anyone to post them up, and they fight like like you know, uh, well, what's a wildcat, Tasmanian devil? They're just they're down there going crazy to make sure they don't give up any. Yeah. especially if it's especially if it's pickup and they can't. Ah, uh, and Allen, let's let's put Allen up here because he makes a good point. We got Brent, John, and Drew Barry, uh, the Barry brothers. Uh, that's probably the the uh, other one. I mean, I know that there was. Um, uh, twin brothers. Well, we have uh, Caleb and his brother. Yeah, there's the Martins, and then there's uh, back in the '70s with Phoenix. There were twin brothers, um, Morris brothers, the Morris brothers. So we've had brothers like that, uh, but not. Uh, and then the, but the original one were the Van Horace Harvey. God darn it all! You know what? I'm worried about my brain. Maybe I'm not sleeping well enough. But um, sons, guards, um, twin brothers, Van something or other. Let me see if I'm close. Here they are. Oh, Van Arsdale. I was close. Dick Van Arsdale and Tom Van Arsdale. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, Murray twins. Who are the Murray twins? Murray? Oh, well, there's the Thompson twins. That's exciting. Are they twins? Amen and Osser? Are they twins? Yes, yes, they're twins. Okay. Now, did you watch Osser? How do you say his name? Osor. Osor? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The thing with him was that game I saw is he wasn't getting enough reps, but he looked really good when he did have the ball because, you know, Ivy and Wiseman were trying to do everything. And um, he was playing really well. Like you could see the feel and the athleticism, but it was almost like he was like that fourth guy or something that he wasn't just getting the basketball. And I felt like they should have featured him more, which they did in this game right here. He played really well. Um, They actually won. So Okay. Yeah, no, I think the Raptors there with him. I actually, I, when I did the the uh, draft stuff, I looked more at Amen, 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 Amen. Amen Thompson. Yeah, um, here's my thing with those two. I think they're going to both be really good. I do not think they're in the best of situations, though, because Amen is going to, he has, um, they're, they got Fred now, who plays the same position, actually, even though Amen's a lot taller. Dylan Brooks is there. They got Jabari. They got Shangun, who could play point center. Jalen Green, who's another guard. 
Like, I don't even know if he starts. And usually on a rebuilding team, when you're a top five guy, you start. I don't even think they're a rebuilding team anymore because they became really interesting. So, yeah, it I, almost was a place where, yeah, he's going to get an opportunity. Now, the one thing about Van Vliet, you know, he doesn't normally play more than about 60-some games in a year. So there, there might be some opportunities there um, just from either load management or, God forbid, an injury uh, where he could get that uh, and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll see. Or, you know, let's just – I'm just assuming that – you know, actually, it's going to be an interesting question. Like, does the season kind of, you know, go along? They have a little ups and downs. And then ultimately they realize, you know what, we're going to shut these uh, the veterans down to get another draft pick, whatever they're going to do. You know, it's the last 20 games. Let's get the let's let the rookies go. So we, maybe we have to wait till then for that. But I don't know. It's interesting because they've done enough things here to sort of solidify their roster to, to maybe not be that way. But, you know, again, the West is a bloodbath, as it always is, as, you know, we saw with the uh, – Nuggets only able to win 52 games, whatever it was. Yeah, and, um, you know, you really like Cam Whitmore pre-draft. I watched him play in Summer League. I think he's a sleeper for Rookie of the Year. He has the frame. He has the athleticism. The only thing I'd like to see him do better is make quicker decisions. I think he needs to, like, pass it to to drive it. He gets a lot into, like, this ISO jab step stuff, which I don't really like. But he knocks them down out of them. I just – it's not my favorite way to watch a basketball player play. But I mean, he is a super twitchy athlete on both sides of the floor, and he's he's ready from a frame standpoint and a game standpoint. Well, by the way, speaking of second year players who uh, were doing well, uh, is uh, Julian Champagny. Um I always like them. Wembenyama, uh, a number of times. Yeah, St. John's. He's always been a bucket. That guy. That guy could score. Yeah, and you can just tell, like, he played in the league, I mean, very sparsely last year, but you can always tell the guys, they come into summer league the next year, and they're just more poised, and they're more aggressive, they just seem stronger, um, and all those things. I mean, it wasn't perfect, there were moments, but, like, he had he had a lot of really, really nice plays, and definitely seemed a, a cut above anybody else on that court, um, so we'll see if that's another one that can kind of make any noise. I don't, it doesn't. That's one of those uh, things where it doesn't. There's no indication. I can look at Wembenyama and we can kind of dissect what he's doing in the summer league and make some some informed opinions. Champagne is a little bit harder only because of that position and his body type and whatever. He might never can never get off the bench uh, this year, but he. he I, I liked what I saw. He caught my eye and a lot of different reasons: passing, running the offense. Um, yeah, and by the way, does he have a brother too? Yes, he does. He's a brother. I mean, is, I just is it? Up. The sure. thing with the thing with him though, he's just like a hooper. Like, what position is he going to play? How does he fit around another star player? Has always been the question with him. And then the defense, another mm -hmm. question with him. But the guy could play basketball, and the guy's going to get buckets no matter where you put him. It's just like, what's his NBA niche? Yeah. So, and then Justin Champagne is uh, is is his. If he and his twin, they're born the same day. So uh, go figure that one. I don't know how that works, but I go. They must be twins. Uh, we have another uh, super chat. Thank you. Thank you so much from Mangoes and Trees. Um, does the NBA copyright your breakdown videos? If so, what's the outcome generally? I love the content. Oh, okay. Somebody wants to get a little behind the curtains here. I don't know. Do we tell, do we discuss this kind of stuff uh, on the show or not? I don't know. Up to you, Coach Nick. <laughs> um, I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, I don't often monetize those videos from the NBA standpoint, if that's the question. They, they, they're pretty good these days. They might not have, I, you know, at some point it was a lot better, uh, you know, before the, before COVID, but uh, yeah, I, let's just say I, I make a nice, I make some, like some good money for the NBA. 
So, yeah. you know, if they want to send me a thank you note, that'd be nice or something, a little plaque. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> they, yeah. So, uh, but again, the only, the NBA is also like the most forward thinking league in terms of uh, understanding the value of their content out there and being shared, um, you know, way better than the NFL and Major League Baseball, who are slowly kind of come around to it. So, uh, I'm like, I'm lucky that that was the, this is the league and this is the sport that I knew well, uh, to be able to do this because, um, they understood it and they like what I do. And it's, um, you know, so I, I, I have no issues with that and it's the cost of doing business, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, but not, not, not a big deal. It doesn't really affect me either way other than, you know, they get to keep that money and that's, that's, uh, that's fine. The whole landscape of sports media, especially basketball media is changing, right? Um, we're seeing it from all angles. So it's going to be interesting to see where all this all goes. Yep. Well, uh, thank you. Mangoes and trees. Good question. Um, so and also, um, my son having never played any sport a, at all, uh, suddenly likes football and is playing flag football. Can nice. Yeah. So he's 15. He's playing like on a, I think the league is supposed to stop at 14, but we're like, listen, he's never played. He's not a ringer. He's just a kid who wants to learn how to play. So, so he's playing and he's like much taller than almost everybody else. But, um, but at some point in the next like few minutes, I got to get back out there. He wants to throw the football. I got to go over how to run. You know, it's a big failing, by the way, uh, in, across the United States uh, in kindergartens to start with uh, teaching kids how to run properly. And, um, you know, part of it is a kid needs to want to learn. I, I've been trying for all this time to help him. And he's much more bookish than he was an athlete. But you know what? He's fast. And um, but uh, and it's funny because now they're doing all the things in the warm ups of these uh, of the drills and whatever. It's the things I've been trying to do with him for 15, well, that's going to not for 10 years. And uh, it's great to see it. So maybe we can do some of that stuff because you know what? Everybody has a, there's always a little form in there we could fix, right? Even NBA players you see might be able to, uh, to, you know, tweak their form so they're running a little bit more efficiently. What kind of exercises that he's doing now that you were trying to do with him for a long time? All sorts of single leg balancing is good stuff. Uh, you know, even just like the, the focusing on uh, keeping the arms in the vertical plane, you know, instead of, a lot of kids want to run like this, you know, and they they cross their arms across and they waste all this extra energy. So you want oh, to be able to keep your, you yeah. know, this way, uh, you know, getting the knees up and any kind of, you know, drills where you're getting your knees up and kicking, you know, uh, all those things that they do. And they, they do the one where you're running and you try and uh, tap your ankles as you're running behind you, you know, almost kicking you, kicking yourself in the butt, uh, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, activating the, uh, the, their toes uh, and your, and your ankles and your, um, uh, calf muscles as you're pushing off all those things to just make you more efficient and quicker uh, and explosive. So, you know, those are the things that, uh, that, you know, I, by the way, even at 15, like you're going to see, uh, I, I'm going to try and film some of this stuff. Cause I know that at that age within two weeks, right. You can see just an incredible difference. And by the way, in fact, we've been going to the gym every other day. This oh, is, wow. I hmm. haven't worked out and lifted weights for years. And all of a sudden, you know, for like the last two weeks, every other day, he's hell bent on going. And I'm actually, I'm even seeing after two weeks, like I'm increasing weight now. I'm able to do more. It's crazy. That's great. Yeah. Resistance training is really important for kids and it's important for adults as well as they get older. It's the greatest way to keep bone density. Yeah. People sure. age.